All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 112 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm Julian Gill, your host today, and I'm joined by Daniel. I'm not here. Technical issues again, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. It's on. It's all you. It's not me, really. Um, we got to try and get that fixed. I want you back on the show, Daniel. So I appreciate your patience as we work through whatever technical issues there are. Update your Skype. Um, also joined by. Well, I am joined by Mark. Mark is Almighty. How you doing? Good. How you doing? And 69th Blizzard Ken. Hello. So, <coughs> excuse me. Let's just cover some of the news before we get into today's topic, which was Daniel's idea. Um, and I just got a message from him. Well, at least I had fun preparing for the podcast. Yeah, thanks as well for giving us the topic, Daniel, and obviously preparing for it. I have no idea. We just cannot connect to you no matter what we seem to try and do. So uh, we will work on that. All right, so news. Obviously, I think the, the first thing that pops to mind is Kiss played a show. And where do they play? They played Catoosa, Oklahoma, the joints at the Hard Rock Casino there. Um, that's two days ago now. And the set list is about what everyone would expect. Uh, people who want to bitch and moan about the set can go over to the FAQ message board and join the thread there where some people are bitching about a set list at a show that they weren't present at. Um, my, view, my view is you're not there. You really—it's pointless. It's you're not in the experience. You're not, you know, you're not in the audience. You haven't paid a ticket. Yeah, you can comment. That's fine. But your comments really don't make much sense when you follow every single show throughout the year, every single set list. You get a very warped or skewed view of what sure. the band is doing. I think 15 songs is perfectly fine. I think the greatest kind of hits set that they're doing is perfectly fine. Um, for the audiences that they're doing. If people think that all diehards are showing up at these shows, they're wrong. It's not. It is really what you think they think it is. So, you know, I, I think they, they pulled out Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I'm like, okay, cool. It hasn't been performed since, like, November 2015. And I like the song. Cool. They kept flaming it in the set. Cool. You know, people haven't heard it. So... And they do Firehouse, too, didn't they? They did Firehouse, but they did that in Mexico at the end of last yeah. year, so it, it's not like it's been absent from the list for a long time. But then again, you know, when I talk about lists, it's shit that I'm recording from every every show. So for the people who were in the audience there, when's the last time they heard it? And yeah, there's there's some people. Mark, any just quick thoughts on the set? Does it bother you? Do you think that, damn it, if they didn't do Mr. Blackwell, it's a failure? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I've I've come to a very peaceful uh, point in my life now with the set list, where I've come to accept it. Like you said before, and that's the one thing I had to convince into the noggin here is that it's not just diehards. Obviously, it's walk-up people, people who are just in the neighborhood, maybe who want to come check it out. And of course, they're gonna want to hear all the songs that they're familiar with. They're not gonna want to hear an, an oddity. They want to hear songs they're familiar with. So I'm not surprised. Ken, any yeah. uh, you you want to talk talk the audience down and give them some reason? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's not just guys at the concert that hate Destroyer. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, there's others. 
seriously, folks. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's no reason to complain about it anymore. I think it is what it is. I, you know, people don't like that that, uh, that phrase, but it, it is. Um, uh, the set list is going to be, you know, the maybe the catchier tunes out of their catalog that, uh, you know, fair weather fans or, or new people can come out and kind of get into. Um, even though they may have not even heard the songs out of what we're calling a kind of a greatest hits for for us because uh, we know those songs so well um, these these songs may you know catch on to these uh, people who are seeing them the first time and maybe they'll then you know be hooked they'll get hooked and you know start going into their their, their catalog and stuff like that and kiss continues down the road you know so yeah, I, I, I give up. I mean, I've always complained about it to myself about, you know, like, oh, they're playing this again, or why, or why can't they put, yeah, like you said, put <laughs> Mr. Blackwell or whatever in, you know, the oath or something. Um, but, you know, uh, I guess to, to get that, you're going to have to go to the Kiss Cruise, you know, or something like that in order to, to get those extra or other songs that they normally don't play. So I'm I'm okay with it, so everyone can relax now. Well, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's going to have to be okay with it because it's not going to change. I think my only real criticism of the set, of the set from afar is I was made for loving you. Has to go. I, I'm sorry. That one just sounds dreadful, tuned down. Right. It's now. It's it's a it's not a dance track. It's a plodding wildebeest in its death throes for me, and that's just because I don't care for the song. That's personal preference. Some of you out there will probably say, "Screw you, Julian. You're wrong." Well, yeah, I am to you. If you like it, and that's fine. Simple as that. I mean, they start with Deuce. I'm happy. Oh wait, they did start with Deuce. So and, and Firehouse. Let me go rock and roll. I've never been in a show that I can recall off the top of my head where they did Deuce and Let Me Go in the same show and then, you know, I, oh, guess, really? I, I guess the perfect trifecta would be throwing Parasite there and I would just be giddy um, so you know re rehash the common stuff and make me happy so um, they've got they've uh, talking about touring they've just got this little mini run of shows going on right now um, they are playing Thackerville Oklahoma tonight that's another casino and then of course I'm not even going to try and say it because I always butcher it. Well, actually, I will. Uh, Endymion, whatever the uh, parade for Mardi Gras is. So we're oh, doing yeah. that tomorrow. What I've read online is that because of sound check and schedules for the show itself, and they're performing, I think they've got Florida and... Uh, I would actually go and see Casey and the Sunshine Band because that's just fun 70s shit. Oh, Florida? Uh, Florida? Yeah, well, it looks like oh, Florida. What the fuck do I know? I don't care. It's someone who, someone who I don't give two shits about. Um, I know. You know. It's also performing. <laughs> so what I did read is that Kiss is going to be doing their sound check and all their prep for the show while the parade starts. So they're hoping that Kiss are able to join halfway through. I think they've only mentioned Gene Simmons specifically, whether that means Gene or whether that means Kiss or they're just whatever, mm. um, halfway through the parade. So who knows? I'm not there. I, I hope whoever does go enjoys that one because that's at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So 
who knows? I look forward to reports for both of these. But I think they're probably going to do the same, and if not a possibly shorter set at this because of the type of event that it is. But who knows? I guess we're going to find out if they do a full set. They do a full set. If not, well, I'm sure the armchair quarterbacks can complain how they also got ripped off by Kiss not doing a full set and doing even Mm. less of the common songs (laughs) that they complain about Kiss doing. So... Kiss, you can't win. You're going to get criticized no matter what you do. So, uh, any news on uh, that I've missed? Because I can't think of anything else that's happened. Mark? Um, there's not really any more news that I can think of. I just want to really, really, really quickly just want to say thank you to everybody who's bought my new album that's coming out on the pre-order. Thank you again. And, uh, you know, I've been putting up posts already about this quite a bit, so I'm pretty sure that everybody who is interested has probably seen the youtube video already so if you have ordered it thank you if you haven't yet and plan to i thank you in advance yeah well thank you for reminding me without calling me out jill you haven't ordered it yet you bastard <laughs> some friend you are i will get on i've been like really busy this week i was supposed to see uli john no problem. on wednesday night i got called into a very early meeting uh on the on the following day i had stuff to prepare for that meeting and i could not go um last night oh yeah this is this is cool last night i met joe people's yeah. elbow who had I saw that. who yeah. has been on a couple of our episodes he came up with yeah. the wendy o williams idea and right, uh, right. you know what it was fantastic to meet him in person he was uh, going to come to the la kiss expo or chris expo right. and was unable to at the last <laughs> moment so i was able to hand over a book to him in person have a nice chat with him at a dreadful bar that i've it's right by my place and i've never been there in t- the 20 years i've lived here and i don't think i'll ever go back um you know, so that was awesome to sit and talk kiss with a person, and I, I find the more and more people I meet in the flesh in person, just the more fun it is. I mean, the vast majority of yeah. people are the same as they are online, and that's really cool. The the sort of people who you could sit down in a bar, in a restaurant, wherever, and just talk. Mm-hmm kiss and music hour after hour after hour and we didn't have hours last night we had i think maybe an hour and he, and he had stuff to do i had stuff to do um you know i don't think i've met anyone who i'm like wow you are a complete and total no i haven't i haven't other, other than myself but you know there we go so that was really cool you know so so joe great to meet you last night um look forward to meeting hopefully many more people in person over the course um. of the year on that subject that you mentioned, the the expo, uh, did you see that one little post that said that the, I don't know if it's, it means anything, but from the LA Kiss Expo Facebook site, there was a, a post coming from that, I believe, saying that the I, I hear the weather in June uh, in New York is, is very nice. In June. Really? Well, oh, uh, so I'm wondering. If, I'm wondering, you know, if you're kind of throwing something out there, like, well, they're, maybe they're going to try to do a an expo in in New York in June. I'm just reading maybe too much into it, but Mark, I'd definitely go if it's gonna if it's gonna be there. You know, maybe Gigi and Peter are comfortable working with Derek and want him to do one for them on the East Coast, or maybe they have something. You know, maybe he's working with someone on the East Coast. You know, let, let me tell you, just simple as this. If they do do something, do it. So don't don't have any regrets. Do the Ace Freely thing. No regrets. 
you know, because uh, if Peter wants to do another one, that's a really good sign. And, you know, I'd be very excited. I won't fly out to New York for that. I'd rather go to Nashville. But, uh, you know, go, go and see him if he does something. All right. So, wrapping up the news. Let's get into today's topic. And this was Daniel's topic, and I feel so bad that technical issues have, have prevented him from joining the t- another of his topics. But, you know, he came up with the idea, why don't you cull material from the four initial post-reunion solo albums and try and construct a Kiss album out of it? I think maybe we've, we've talked a little bit about this before. We may, we may have even done this before uh, along a similar line. I don't remember. I can't. You know, this is a week to week. The seventy-eight, yeah, seventy-eight solo albums. We we did, we did do it with seventy-eight. I don't think if we, how we may have talked about which songs would have fit in a Kiss context on those albums. So, oh. we're going to be talking about Gene Simmons' <clears throat> Asterix Hole material on that. That could be on a Kiss album. Ace Frehley, mm-hmm. Anomaly. That should be the Kiss album. Um, Paul Stanley and his sister Cher on the back there. Uh, Live to Win, and which album, which songs from that album should be on a Kiss album, and Peter Chris One for All, which, if you just imagine me cutting and pasting his album cover in there, um, I don't actually have his CD anymore. Mm-hmm. Shame, shame on me. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's kind of tough. So let's talk about approaches first, and mm. you know, I, I threw out there that I'm going to kind of approach this according to Unmasked. And Unmasked, of course, had five Paul songs, three Gene songs, three A songs, oh, and no Peter songs, so that's one I could throw in. You know, Peter generally had one song on albums when he was lucky um, that he was involved in the, in the co-writing mm-hmm. of. Maybe he'd get a vocal or two here. So that's kind of how I structured it. I think I've, I've gone for twelve song, a 12-song album, and... Um, that's how I look at it. Ken, what about you? How did you kind of approach this question? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't approach it like that. I approached it, you know, whatever songs from each individual uh, maybe represented or sounded closest to a song that I thought could be a Kiss, you know, recorded by Kiss and, and sound like Kiss. Um, so I didn't, you know, purposely try to give you know maybe paul a certain amount of songs or gene or whatever um though i i guess i did try to throw uh, peter a bone on, on that one uh but it, I, I didn't use one of his songs though mark how about you how did you look at this well in the usual fashion I approached it that there had to be some sort of backstory with mine, of course. So my backstory with this is that Kiss were on hiatus for a bit, relaxing, enjoying the fruits of their you know, later years now, and decided that after some of these conventions that happened, that they reconnected again their, as friends and decided that it's, you know, let bygones be bygones. And let's go in and make a really great record, do a Kiss record in the style, the old style of Kiss, and to show the power of Kiss, and that will be explained more as we go through it. All right, great. Well, let's, you know, I'm going to start it off, I guess, with Paul Stanley and Live to Win. Which of these songs on this album do I think I would want to see on a Kiss album? Oh, 
sorry, before I cut you off, should we probably, when you start yours, give the title? Do you have a title for your record? Oh, album title. Yeah. I'm going to do that at the end because okay. uh, I've got Daniel's artwork, um, you know, which which, oh, which okay. will be. I have artwork too, so. I don't have artwork, but I don't even have a title yet. I'll I have it in my mind. I'll, I'll decide that. I'll, I, I'm going to decide our, I'll the title when we get there. So um, Okay. All right, Paul Stanley, Live to Win. You know, he's kind of too easy, but my problem with this album and picking material off it for a Kiss post-reunion album would be that there's way too many co-writes. I mean, it feels like Hot in the Shade in, in that sense, that it's a little bit also all over the smorgasbord sonically and not very consistent. So, you know, it, it's also kind of mandatory, obligatory to keep what's the bands irreverently refer to as the pussy song as a Paul Stanley ballad and I've got a real problem with all the ballads on Live to Win. I think they suck donkey's balls. I just do not like them. It's every time I see you around is probably the the least horrible of them. So I, I, I think it's kind of obvious. It's not me. Live to win. Wake up screaming every time I see you around and Bulletproof are my picks off Live to Win to be the five Paul Stanley songs that Kiss will record on this studio I would have loved to have gone with Where Angels Dare but it's just too unkiss like it just wouldn't be suitable for them the rest of them are all kind of you know uh, two, three, four, five. did I do five or did I do six no, no, I, I left out All About You, which is still on my list here. So Are, are they in any kind of order? Is that, I, I kind of thought we would do them in order, no? I, do, I never do any order. You know, I don't figure... Because I I have actually... I've only whittled it down to the list I'm going to choose from. And, you know, I'm not going to bother with going in order. You guys can go in any which order you want. And, you know, there are no rules. Well, that is okay. a rule. There are no rules. So, Mark, why don't you jump in with and start yours? Okay. Well, since there's not going to be any rules, I'm going to, because I kind of mapped out all my stuff here really quickly. So, if you don't mind me doing it that way, is that okay with you guys? You're the, you're, you're the boss. You do how you <laughs> okay. however you want. You're not going to get banned. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, the the title of my Kiss album is called The Meeting Point. Okay. Okay. Now, I made a really quickly this morning an art album cover for it. Why is it cat? Why is it got Canada? It has. Well, it's North America. Okay. Like you know, Canada. if you look at that, the top left looks like a cat's head, and then looks like it's it's farting on the right hand side out there, right? <laughs> 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 Well, this here is supposed to si- is supposed to signify the meeting point, which is New York City. Well, you're in trouble right? now, Ken. You just suggested that New York City is a cat's fart. Yeah. So, well, oh, maybe in some, maybe some sections of New York like could this. be, but uh, in any it case, that's like... that's kind of my idea of a just really quick album cover. The colors obviously signify the colors of the Kiss members, right? in the north, south, east, west, and that's the the strong meeting point is for KISS would obviously be New York City, right? So okay. they, recon- they reconvene there with 
Neil Kernan, who will produce it with them. So it's a co-production, right? And they do it on Electric Lady, right? New York, New York, right? And the opening song for the record that I had was Foxy and Free, okay? Now, the difference with this version of it, though, is that it's going to be Paul and Ace sharing the lead vocal on this version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Now... Do you want me to leave it at that and go into Ken or? Yeah, let's 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 go to Ken and get him started, okay. and then I'm gonna, you know, Daniel has actually texted me some of his. I'm gonna, you know, read through some of his before I get back into mine. So Ken, go for it. Okay. Great. And by the way, that picture, the the head where I think it's a cat, it looks like the cat sticking out of a tunnel too. But uh, that's just <laughs> what's going on, you know. Anyway, okay, so. Uh, since Mark revealed his album title, I'm going to reveal my mind. My album title is uh, Weapons of Mass Destruction. Mm. And the the cover is going to have, I didn't draw it, and it wouldn't have been very good if I did. Um, it's, it would be Kiss and some kind of, more like a military kind of thing, uh, but they would their, their instruments, like the guitars, would be modified to look like either machine guns or rocket launchers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Even in the drums would could be some kind of thing like they could even use like a take turret kind of thing for that, you know, kind of all uh, you know, creatures. Like kind Kane of. Roberts had with his guitar. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Exactly. That type of thing. Uh, and weapons of mass destruction is kind of a common or <laughs> heard a lot back then, early, you know, around the 90s, you know, starting around 90 or whatever, Iraq and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I thought that would be a good one. And, yeah, have some kind of thing where, yeah, their instruments are the weapons of mass destruction. So, hey, you know, and some kind of scene where they're just blowing the crap out of it. <laughs> You know, so uh, that's that. All right, so my first song, you did the first song only, right? Yeah. Uh, my first song, and for the first time on the Kiss album, is going to lead off with a Ace Frehley song. Ooh, Paul's not going to like that. And he's <laughs> singing it, and guess what it is? It's Foxy and Free. Ah, it's yay! Leading off. Just, uh, that is amazing that we even... <laughs> <laughs> thought of that i mean that's that's surprising to me but uh i thought that's a that'd be a great lead off song mm-hmm. uh, for the album and uh, ace deserves it you know to get one so that's it that's great hey uh dan so daniel sent me his and he's he starts off with and i'm going to share this art that he did for it because it's, it's pretty cool and uh he's going to call his album bulletproof you know, um, mm. Kiss have taken some shots and carried on through hard times. It's almost as if they are bulletproof. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like that sentiment because it really, it, it really is that, you know, uh, they've they've persevered, you know. So making bricks without a straw, 1982, 92, 2002. So he wants Revenge Era, Bob Ezrin is the producer. Uh, he thinks that um, mm-hmm. Bob would be the guy who could whip these songs into something great. So, you know, I, I think in discussion about producer for the album, I'm with Daniel on this, um, in that you have to go back to a classic Kiss producer, and I'm going to say go, they go back to Eddie Kramer because they want to make a rock album, not yeah. a rock opera. And, you know, I don't doubt that Bob could whip it into 
just as good order as Eddie. I just think I want Eddie's credibility with the KISS audience of they're going to think Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, Alive 2, rather than, you know, maybe being a little bit too polished. So get back to the rough and roar. Um, Daniel's first song is Live to Win. So, you know, what he says is a strong start and the beginning of a one-two punch, a crazy crowd chanting, we want KISS. Um, Oh, so, you know, we want KISS as an, an introduction to the album, you know, get Bob Ezrin to create an audio montage of the audience going, we want KISS, we want KISS, in to live to win. So, yeah, it's, that's an interesting start. Um, because I'm going to read Daniels, um, I'm going to just jump into my next section, which was, you know, which Ace Frehley songs would I be picking for this album? And you know what, guys? The same as you, Foxy and Free, is an obvious, mm-hmm. you know, it's too obvious because it was it was shaking yeah. sharpshooter presented at um, psycho circus so uh, why it was ever rejected then maybe because he couldn't tell them who had actually co-written anything you know and sebastian was involved in that i think he, he said after the fact but it's it's a great song so it would be pretty it would be the first a song to play on the album the other two tracks that i chose from anomaly are too many faces because I really, really like that song, and I think it's different side of Ace, a bit like Save Your Love was on Dynasty. So for, for me, that song, I think, would fit into a Kiss context. And then, again, the very obvious Sister are my three Ace Frehley songs. And Pain in the Neck, I, I'm kind of on the fence about. So, Mark, let's get to you on your next song. Okay, so, um, so coming out of Foxy and Free... I wanted to have a quick edit, like one of those ones where it goes boom right into the next song. And the second song, I wanted straight out of Foxy and Free to be Live to Win. I think it's a really strong anthemic song. Uh, I will keep it the same way that it is. Paul will sing it. Um, no big surprise or change there. So I think that Live to Win would make a good one-two punch and because Paul also sings with Ace on the first song, we have Paul happy with having two songs with him back-to-back on the start of the record, which I'm pretty sure that has to be some sort of a prerequisite at this point with Kiss. So, um, yeah, so I think Live to Win would be a very strong second song for this record. Nice. Good choice. Ken? Yeah, well, you know what? Mark, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Live to win is number two. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan this. No. Uh, but I agree. Live to win is probably Paul's best song, obviously on on that on his solo album. Um, so I thought to keep the momentum going, uh, kind of a more of a anthemish in a way type song. Um, you know, that's that's a good second song to follow up. Foxy and. Uh, and free so yeah that's it I agree good job Mark nice you, you guys are on the same page I guess one of you can decide which track order you're going to read since it's going to be the same right you're going to you're going to stay consistent all the way <laughs> we'll through see this how far discussion we, we'll see how we'll, far we go alright two, we'll two, two for two alright Daniel's second track is Outer Space and he mm-hmm. says heavy metal ace reminiscent of the harder ace songs like Parasite or Strange Ways and you know that's that's a cool pick i mean obviously it worked out very well on anomaly 
Um, I'm, I'm a little bit mixed on that. I mean, part of my way of approaching Asa songs was, number one, get rid of the covers, get rid of the instrumentals, and get rid of the fun songs. Um, which I guess maybe doesn't make any sense when you're talking about Ace, get rid of the fun songs. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want covers, simple as that, on this album. And Outer Space is, of course, a cover. So it did not make my cut in, in that context. I also got rid of the sappy stuff, so the emotionally tinged Ace Frehley doesn't work for me. You can't have a guy who's in space boots about to fall down, you know, singing some of the stuff that is on Anomaly. And I didn't want songs with 65 guitar tracks or, you know, having Ace maybe attempt to Ebo in Paul's presence. So that's how I looked at the Ace songs. So Outer Space by, is Daniel's second track. Mark, let's get you for number three. Okay, so number three for me, um, we're going to go on with another Ace song. Now, this is mainly because looking back at history, I think at this point it's pretty well known that Ace has been the one that's been kind of getting out there and doing a lot of his different, you know, solo tours and stuff like that. So he's been pretty active, so why not reward him with more stuff on this record than normal? And plus, the first song, like I said, is split, so it's not just him alone. And Paul sings the second one, but for this song, I chose Pain in the Neck for number three for him to sing, and he will sing it as per normal and we have three pretty strong songs in a row, I think, to start off a Kiss record. That's a pretty heavy song for a Kiss record. <laughs> Ken? Yeah, well... Yeah, well, okay. Um, I'm going to have to break the streak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Um, number three, my third song on the album is uh, the album title song, Weapons of Mass Destruction, Gene's, Gene Simmons song. Um, I think it needs to be retooled a little bit. To, yes, to slightly. It, well, no, I don't think it, it'd be too bad to to fix it up. It wouldn't be too hard to make it more kiss-like. Um, so I would I would redo it a little bit, but I think uh, it's it's good enough to to get on the album. So I'm putting that as my third pick. You know what? It wouldn't take much to uh, fix it up a bit. You said. Uh, Desmond Child on speed dial. Uh, yeah. Desmond Child, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the songs. I, I always get mixed up. I always start thinking Women of Mass Distraction whenever I hear Weapons of Mass Distraction. Um, another one. Was, was that Alice Cooper, I think, did that? So, All right, let's get into Gene for me, since I'm the one who's going against the grain here and doing all of mine in one shot. Um, and I didn't even have a copy of Asshole on my music archive. I was like... Okay, got to get ready for the show. Better listen to the album. Wait, I don't have the album. So I did actually have the CD, obviously. Um, first, I, I start looking at Asshole, and I get rid of every purchase song. So he bought a lot of that shit from people. He, mm. The lazy co-writes, get rid of So Bag, you're out of here. Um, now I get rid of the material that doesn't fit the definition of Kiss, according to my construct. And I'm left with six of the 15 songs on the album. So, you know, gotten rid of nine. I'm using the Japanese version, by the way, which has two extra songs because that's the only way I can get material from Gene. And I think I only pick, I'm only going to pick three. Sweet and Dirty Love is so obvious as a Kiss song. It's like if you don't pick it, it's kind of like yeah. you're getting hate mail. Weapons <laughs> of Mass Destruction. Um, my notes for that are um no, followed by Carnival <laughs> of Souls, 
Um, no. Um, <laughs> now that you're gone, you know, if you get rid of the children's choir that and the really mm. dreadful production on that and the backing track and put maybe a soft electric, um, you know, musical track on that, I think it could work with Kiss. It's an extremely good song lyrically, emotionally, and, w- and what he's singing about. So quickly running through the the last two. Everybody knows, no, that sounds like crap. That's, again, one of the Japanese bonus tracks. I pick You're My Reason for Living as Gene's third contribution to this Kiss album because I'm thinking it's an analog of Great Expectations. It's an analog of Journey of a Thousand Years, which is one of the songs on Psycho Circus that really worked. So I think that would be a great closing track for the album as it's grand, it's pompous, it's kind of like the demon on his perch or on his throne, the the exposed throne, you know, kind of pontificating. So those are my three gene picks. Sweet and Dirty, um, Now That You're Gone, and You're My Reason for Living. That's the only decent shit I could get off asshole. So, no pun intended. Mark! Shit off my ass. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) These Kiss guys just really ruin how we talk about things. Oh, my gosh. We'll we'll quickly segue to Mark. Pick number four for your album. Okay, so, um, I'm kind of, when I was doing this, I wanted to look at it as if it was going out on a, like a vinyl, so side one, side two. So, side four here i mean song four is obviously going to be the second last um song on the side i'm keeping it to five songs on side one now i put i really when i did this i put these into itunes and constructed a proper playlist and listened to my order of the songs and rejigged them sometimes and really wanted to get a decent flow of it and one song that i found that when i listened to it on the solo record by itself. I never was really too connected to it, but I thought it was an okay song. And when I revisioned it as a Kiss song with them playing it and making it maybe a touch heavier and some Kiss elements into it, this song really kind of fit in this position before the last song, and you'll see what that one is in a bit. But the song in number four that I'm going to put in is Lift from Paul Stanley's, uh, yeah, Paul Stanley's solo record. So, And Paul will sing that one as well. And I thought that Lift kind of fit in there especially in retrospect to what's going to happen after that that's that's a great pick love the song ken how about you number four well, guess what we're back on track mark <laughs> i i picked lift for number four very good that's my number four song so i i agree with you on on that song i think it yeah like you said it could be uh you know structured a little better for uh, to make it kiss it can make it kiss song i can see it easily um so i agree with that that's a great pick number four lift so i mean this really seems that you know now that we've done a hell of a lot of episodes together we're really kind of you know on the same wavelength aren't we in so many ways so you know good pick i did not have lift on mine i actually took that one out even though i do love the song i didn't think it'd work let me get back to a couple of daniel's picks i did skip him for the the third pick he had bulletproof which is the title of his album obviously and Mm -hmm. what he says is he feels like many of the stanley songs have potential unfortunately it has been lost along the way because of his hunger to stay current and i agree with that that with paul you know he's very much always wanted to be at the front edge of art and, and maybe that's been a detriment at times. So what he says is a lot of effects could be dropped if Revenger or Bob was captain of the ship. I like that. 
Nice play <laughs> on the elder there, Daniel. Sneaky. Um, <laughs> his number four pick is Sweet and Dirty Love uh, off Gene Simmons. And he, what he says is, lose the slide guitar. It would be a cool Gene song with cool vocals. And again, I totally agree with that. I mean, you go back to the 76 demo, which is very Kiss-like in its in its form, and you, you've got a you know a, a way better song than what it was eventually presented as to the masses in 2003. So, Mark, let's go back to you for your fifth pick. Okay, so this is where it gets a bit interesting, I find, because this is the last song on the album, and having been taught that the last song on the side should normally be one of the more interesting kind of closers to make people want to flip the record and continue. Um, this song is going to require a bit of restructuring. Now, I'm going to tell you what the song is first and then tell you what I did with it. So I'm going to close off this side with Waiting for the Morning Light from Gene's album. Now, he's not going to sing it, it's going to be Peter who's going to sing this instead of Gene. And we're going to kill all the piano and stuff out of it. And we're going to replace all the piano with acoustic stuff and put some limited kind of Ezra-ish kind of strings in it. So make it more of a, a, a upbeat, like almost like a, you know, like a more kind of a folk, not folky, but more like an upbeat kind of acoustic rock song. Instead of the piano, kind of make it a little bit more you know, less piano, less less predictable for Peter, more acoustic guitar, almost like a hard luck woman or something like that, right? But I really think Waiting for the Morning Light is a pretty decent song, probably gets overlooked a lot. And instead of having Gene do it, I think Peter would have would suited a bit better, I think. And especially with somebody who's a decent producer who could kind of, you know, help him work on doing a decent vocal track for it. I think it could turn out to be an interesting way to close off the side of a Kiss album. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, interesting. Ken, did uh, Mark stay consistent with your way of thinking? No. We're <laughs> off track again. So. Well, three, three out of miss. five ain't bad, eh? That's yeah. pretty good, yeah. All right, so I'm going to end side one of a vital album um, with uh, another Ace song. It's going to be Outer Space outer space um i i just think it's pretty good i mean it's yeah it's the space theme you know it's she's the space man but you know i like the song i think it's it's pretty good so i'm gonna go with that as uh, the so he starts he leads off the album uh on the first side and ends the first side also so which is kind of the bookend there for for uh, ace but that's it outer space Excellent. So I'm going to go where, well, no one really wants to go, I guess. And what songs would I pick off one for all for a Kiss album? And, you know, using my not very scientific methodology, I get rid of the covers again. I get rid of the ballads that just don't, stru you know, they don't work with me emotionally. Um, and then I picked the song with four letters in its title as an analog to Beth, which also had four letters in its title hope and then i go no um i have have paul stanley and bob ezrin write another song for peter to sing because no, sorry that's silly it's rude it's disrespectful and they shouldn't they, they should not have done that on psycho circus either so um yeah you, you end up shaking your head on this and 
you know, what do I want from One For All on a Kiss album? And I'm like, okay, send in the clowns. No. Um, to be ser- <laughs> to try and be serious now, Faces in the Crowd. I like the sentiment of what Peter Chris sings mm. about on that song. Regardless of any artistic criticisms anyone can level at the song, its production, its recording, its instrumentation, I think what he's singing about is so autobiographical there of him looking out on the audience that I think it resonates, that it's got to be on a Kiss album. It's the sort of emotional song that you expect from Peter. What they do with it, I have no idea um, musically. I just know that that song needs to be on a Kiss album for this mm. Kiss album, not necessarily on a Kiss. You know what I mean? Um, I'll yeah. Mark, let's get to you. Save me. <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten over to side two, and just like I'm sure everybody who listens to rock music and stuff like that knows that this is the point of the album where you have to come back all guns a-blazing, firing full power, keep people interested again on the record. And what better way to do that than to bring in a Gene Simmons song? And I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. Sweet and Dirty Love, totally rocked up, full guns a-blazing, you know, some more guitars piled on. Don't make it so much, you know, slide guitar or, you know, southern rocky. Let's make it more, you know, down in the depths of, you know, the old days, you know, 10th Street rehearsal studio rocking and going crazy. So I think Sweet and Dirty Love would be a great way to start it. Gene will, of course, sing it. And the guys will be doing any kind of background singing. So it's a real hit them square between the eyes opener to side two. That's, that's a great pick again. So, um, Ken, are we on side two right. of your album, or are you doing more than ten songs? This is side two. Yeah, this is side two. I'm doing nine songs, actually, but the side Same two. Same here. First, okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> so I lead off side two with Sweet and Dirty Love. Yeah! Match, another match for, for Mark there. Bing, bing, um, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I, I agree about this song. Great song. It's, a, it's the most Kiss-like song. I mean, even on Gene's album. It sounds, you know, it's. I guess I when it, first time I heard, it, I thought, oh, this can come off a of rock and roll over or, or love gun, you know, around that time. Definitely, it's that type of song, um, and so it's. I, I like it a lot, and I thought, man, if Kiss did it, it would have been much better. So, this is definitely has to lead off that second side because yeah, you want to get a good kickstart to that second side with something that's going to grab you and, and get you going. So I agree with Mark. Sweet dirty love. Excellent. So one of Daniel's next picks um, was Everybody Knows, which is the other bonus track off the Japanese version. And what he says is you know, he likes the haunting chorus on the song. Um, he changed the lyric in the verses to be similar to Watching You, you know, a creepy Gene song, someone who knows your darkest secret. You know, everybody knows, but I know your secrets. And get rid of the acoustic guitar, so kiss it up a bit. And, hey, that's a, that's a great pick, and I skipped him the last time again, so we'll get on to his next pick, and it's Weapons of Mass Destruction. And he says it could be a sister yeah. song to Thou Shalt Not, dark lyrics and getting back at someone. Okay. Not that Gene does that. Have you noticed? He takes a lot. He takes a lot of punches and doesn't respond. Yeah, he's a sentimental demon. From Paul. So, Mark, back to you. Back to you for your second song on side two. Okay, so what I've always found interesting is that, as 
the albums went on for Kiss and as they let Ace become more involved, there's always that sort of cover that Ace would throw in to a record. Now, in this spot, I figured that right after Sweet and Dirty Love, which was a nice hard-hitting song, why not come back with something that's maybe not as hard-hitting, but something that I find that's pretty, you know, party-ish, gets a foot, you know, go and stomp in there a bit, and, you know, bring bring back Ace in his glory and bring up Box on the Run will be the song that I would put in there for him. And I think it would be a good song to follow up, Sweet and Dirty Love. You know, you don't want to just drop down too quickly down to something too mid-tempo and too ballady or nothing. You want to keep the energy going. After all, this is the meeting point, the record, and they're trying to show the strength, the power of Kiss, as it were, and trying to show what their strengths are, and together they are stronger than they are separately, and look at what they can do with these songs. So number two on side two is Fox on the Wrong's Fox on the Run, song seven. Nice. I like your logic there. Ken. Okay. Uh, next, second song of side two, uh, song number seven, uh, is going to be a Paul song. Um, it's it's <laughs> All About You. Paul's song, All About You. I thought, that's, eh, I like it. It's a pretty good song, and I think uh, they could turn it into a Kiss type song. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of either of those, you know, like Jeans or Paul solo albums so much. I mean, there's some good songs, but it's a lot of not so good songs as far as I'm concerned. So, um, but uh, I liked uh, All About You. I thought that would fit around right there. So that's number seven for me. Good pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to some of some more of Daniels since I, I'm just again I'm just reading a message that he managed to send me uh, for anyone who's mm. wondering what the hell I'm doing. Um, his next his his next I often wonder, but uh, his next pick is every time I see you around, and he's he says throw Peter a bone, try and replicate the classic recipe from Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over, you know, so with Hard Luck Woman and Beth and you know letting Peter sing a Paul song you know get his voice on there and I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now to see if I can figure out where Daniel's going with that I want to see if I can you know try and hear Peter's voice singing that song because off the top of my head because I don't like that song um, I I can't place it so that's interesting he then goes into Foxy and Free Sebastian Bach writing credit with Stanley vocals. Ooh, Paul on vocals could become one of the best songs on the album. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said that too. Yeah. Well, it looks like everyone else is on the same page except for me. So there we go. <laughs> Mark, let's go back to you for your third pick on side two. Okay. So since I have nine songs, just like Ken does, um, we're approaching the tail end of side two. Now, this is where the most amount of work I think would need to be done because there's there's some interesting material that's left and I think it would become even more interesting if there was stuff done to it. Now I put here in number 8 position Hope with Peter there writing it obviously it's Peter's song but the whole band 
would share lead vocal singing in there, not just him. All of them would kind of sing lines here and there about it and kind of having hope as a song that they all kind of sing, can kind of relate to together, that they all kind of now at this point in their life are, you know, accepting, you know, in, in hope and hoping that things would get better for them as a group, hoping that things would get better across the, the world. And they're kind of trying to relate that together as a band within the song. So I put it that they would do that and that also they would kind of up the tempo a bit, kind of make it almost like a coming home kind of thing where it's kind of up to that pace, but they would be singing it all together. They would share the background vocals here, share the lead vocals. And this again is them showing their strength together and kind of taking a topic that's so obviously Peter or Chris, but they could take it and make it into a kind of group topic where they all believe the same thing and they're all hoping for the same thing together. There you go. Hope. So I put Hope as the second last song on this record. Okay, enough of that. I'm just being silly. Ken. <laughs> you can read, redo the lyrics to, like, I hope this album sells or something like that. You know? <laughs> 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 I hope it works. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, okay. My pick, uh, I have Peter singing on the next song also. But he's singing a Gene song. Uh, this is it'll be like a first, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, uh, now That You're Gone, which is a song I think, Julian, you picked. You picked I, I, I did indeed, yeah. Yeah, so I thought this song... Yeah, retooled a little bit, uh, but I think it's perfect, perfect for his voice. I think it would really work. I think I think it'd be really great, actually. Um, I mean, it could be as good, so good that I think it could be a single uh, with with Peter singing it. Um, so that's the song. Yeah, using a Gene song. Now that you're gone, have Peter sing that, and I think it would definitely work. That's number eight. Great. So you guys are both on your final song. So let's. I'm going to catch up um, Daniel to you and finish him out. Um, wake up screaming. Extremely lame drumming. Oh, um, <laughs> Eric Singer on drums on this. Um, Ezra knows a lot of good studio musicians, so I, I guess he wants better musicians um, to do wake up screaming and make it a better musical track. And he'll chime in, I guess, on the thread if I miss. Uh, interpreted his comments and he closes out his album with asshole and that was of course a purchase song um what was it uh shirley's temple was the original band that gene got that from and he says it's a song from left field a final fuck off to all the critics that said that kiss wouldn't stand a chance that they wouldn't stand the test of time a fun way of ending the record what like get in the ring by guns and roses so gene's Mm -hmm. You know, kisses, uh, kind of f you, Bob Guccione. Um, uh, that was Axel, of course. So that's how yeah. he closes his album, album out. I'll close my album out by giving you the track order. If you're wondering what that banging on the keyboard is in the background of this episode, that was me trying to get my song list in order. Catch up to your homework. Yeah, because uh, (laughs) Mark and Ken had obviously been duly diligent, and Mr. Gill, flaky again. So my track order is that album starts off with Live to Win, Into Sweet and Dirty Love, followed by Sister, followed by Every Time I See You Around, followed by Too Many Faces, 
and closing out side one of my 12-song album, Bulletproof. Mm. Side two kicks off mm. with Wake Up Screaming. Of course, Paul Stanley will be the lead-off on each and every Kiss album or else. <laughs> um, then I go, um, Now That You're Gone, Foxy and Free, Faces in the Crowd, and we try and finish on a strong note with It's Not Me and You're My Reason for Living. And while you guys do your final songs, I'm going to try and think of what the hell I call this monster. Oh, wait, no. We're not going to call it monster. You call it monster? Monster. <laughs> uh, my, mine feels more like a monstrosity at this point, so I, I've, got, I've got to uh, figure this one out. Mark, how does your album close? And uh, do you have any audio storytelling at the end of it? Any, you know, rock and roll demons, et cetera, et cetera. So go for it. Well, it's kind of interesting that you brought that up, and I'll explain here, because um, the last song on the record, again, is going to be a bit of a reworking here. Now, the song that I chose to close the album is what would be, what, ha- what would have been Weapons of Mass Destruction by Gene. Now, but when they get together as a group and go through this, they, they think, to, think about it and go, you know what? Let's can that title. Forget it. It's not Weapons of Mass Destruction. We're going to rename it The Meeting Point now to keep it with the, with the title. They're going to rewrite all the lyrics to kind of have it talking about the unification of them, the meeting point, how New York City is important for them and how they feel together as a group. And one of the lines that I thought that they could use in the chorus would be, when we reach the meeting point the world will shake and tremble. So that's part of the the chorus lyrics in the song. Now, when they do the recording of it and they work on it, one of the things that they decided to do was to kind of tip their hat to their past and they would do a long ending to the song. Big bombastic stuff, explosions on the tip of the hat to kind of like a black diamond thing and kind of really drag it out and kind of have like a long fade out where you hear like fire crackling and stuff almost like the aftermath of a big fire of explosions and stuff like that so that would be how i would close off this record they would change it from weapons of mass destruction to the meeting point they would change the lyrics they would add that line i mentioned in into the chorus as the main point and kind of make it grandiose and big and end off the album that way excellent excellent fitting conclusion meeting point so the meeting point would be uh, kind of go out and fade out into a melting point because everything's been burned. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Voice of reason strikes again. <laughs> All right, Ken, close out your album for us. Well, I close it out with why well, I have nine is because the the final song is a lengthier song. Um, so it's you know can add up to around two songs almost. So uh, I went with. Uh, ending with the eight, another A song. I'm going with Genghis Khan to kind of throw a, a little different in there, you know, something different uh, at the end. Uh, and I think it's just a, I think it would be a kind of a cool way to end the album. Um, it's a pretty, I like it. I think it's a great, great tune. So I, you know, inter, it would be very interesting to hear Kiss do something, you know, that song. I think it'd be. Very interesting. It's almost like a tip of the hat too to their old days, like almost like the acrobat thing, you know what I mean? Like kind of like an or like the yeah. love theme from Kiss, you know, like a kind of an instrumental piece exactly. that they put in at the end, right? 
Yeah, and whenever they've done instrumental kind of stuff, it's always sounded pretty darn good. You know, look at the you know uh, before you know Rock Bottom, right? Uh, the lead into that, I think they call it George, right? Or Gene said it was called George. George. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, something they've always instrumentally uh, Kiss has always had some cool instrumental things, or when they have a instrumental break at, of any type, it's usually pretty interesting and, and cool. So that's how it's going to end my album. Well, that that is really stunning, and you know what? I haven't managed to really think of a uh, album title for mine, so I'm going to go with what Daniel recommended in Bulletproof. I, th- I think yeah, if if, if you're going to have a a title track, it's going to be a Paul Stanley one. So uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to keep Paul Stanley happy here and uh, go Bulletproof, and that means I get to use Daniel's art, uh, you know, again in this episode when I do put it together. So you know. Another thing I was thinking about is that song, you know, Lift. You know, he says, Lift Me Up. I thought he could have changed it to, you know, Lick Me Up or something like that. Some word <laughs> getting into a more kiss type, you know, lyrics. Anyway. Um, <laughs> maybe not. I have a, 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 you know, a nod to the old Licking Up song. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure Gene can throw in some backbone slippage into some oh, of the songs. Oh, yeah, he, you know. could have, he could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, out of all the songs, I mean, obviously I did 12. Um, I didn't count how many Daniel did. Um, maybe he told me in his... Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, um, 8, 9, how many, well, Who's producing your album, Mark? Uh, did you say... Oh. Oh, yeah, I said I was going to do it with Neil Kernan, who actually did okay. like a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, he did like Queen's Reich's Rage for Order. He's done work with with uh, John Anderson and stuff like that. But I like Kernan because he's also done a lot of records later on that I love. Like, I loved the, the Nevermore record that he did in the 2000s and stuff like that. And he's he has a lot of uh, roots in rock in general. He did a lot of the Dawkins albums too, so he knows a, a lot about rock stuff. And it's also sort of a sentimental reason because he did mix one of my band's records, and I got to know him, and he's a really cool guy. So I figured I'd put in some something a little bit out of the out of the expected. I mean, we're always talking about Ezrin and Kramer and those guys. So I mean, bringing somebody different that might add in a little twist to it. Plus, Kiss is still co-producing with him it's not just him alone so you know what i mean yeah i was thinking uh for my either either bob rock or or mutt lang i'd always want one to be interesting to hear one of those two produce a kiss album it it would have been back in the day i mean mutt mutt had gone well mutt he went country didn't he i mean he wouldn't He's, he stopped. Oh, he, got, he married the country sh- at the yeah, time. Sh- yeah. At the time, yeah. but he stopped working in kind of the rock realm completely. You know, so I mean, he would still be on the end of a phone call at like '99 with Def Leppard's Euphoria. I think he got like an executive, you know, helper, and mm-hmm. you know, helped them out on that album. So he's out of the picture. I just don't think that after Psycho Circus, Kiss had been once bitten twice shy when it came to using new producers. Look what happened with Nevison. Look what happened <clears throat> with Fairburn. I, I think they would be too uh, skittish to, you know, work with someone new. Can you imagine Bob Rock trying trying to corral Ace and Peter in a, in a studio setting? I mean, I, I think for those two guys, that's why I, I take the easy way out. 
and I, I kind of cater to Ace and Peter. Get them someone who they are most comfortable with in order to get the most out of them. Neither of them are going to be able to work with Bob. Um, well, I, you, I, never, I, you never know. I mean, I, they're, all, you... they're all professionals. But I think you want to make Peter Chris happiest. You know, you want Peter Chris happy. You want Peter Chris feeling valued. You want Peter Chris feeling loved. You want Ace Frehley feeling remunerated properly for his services. So you have to cover all those bases when it comes to working on an album with them. And Eddie Kramer, I mean, he's going to pander to Ace to a certain extent. But Paul yeah. also knows that he's going to capture Paul exactly how he wants to be captured. And, you know, I don't mention Gene. I don't think Gene gives a shit. You know? Probably what about external yeah. musicians on on your albums? Do you have? Is it strictly the four meat and potatoes? Paul Stanley rhythm guitar, maybe an occasional lead. Gene Simmons bass, Peter Chris vocals and drums, and Ace, you know, lead rhythm, uh, kazoo, whatever he wants to do. <laughs> well, basically, in order to keep with my ever uh, interesting backstory, I decided that it would just be the way the way that they are, and I and I always want I just figured that it would be best to keep it that way that's just the four of them playing their normal instruments and that's it i mean sure this whole thing i thought of is just total fantasy to begin with so why not keep it that way that it would be just the four of them playing as well right so but that's what i envision i envision just them going in writing together recording together and that's it yeah, I, I agree with Mark. Uh, I, I imagine them just playing their own instruments. Like I said, meat and potatoes, no extra. I, I don't want any extra orchestras or anything on there. Just just the four of them playing and and, and doing their thing. So, it's, you know, like rock and roll over, basically. Something like that. So this being Kiss, I have to admit that uh, I envisage... You know, Gene Simmons is a bit busy moguling. Um, who knows what he has going on while this album is being constructed. So Paul Stanley has Bruce Kulick playing bass on all of his songs. Oh, he also doesn't like okay. Peter's drumming, so Eric Singer's on all of Paul Stanley's songs. Um, oh, no. And, and then, be, because we're trying to tie, you know, back... You know some of the material to Psycho Circus with you know you're my reason to living. That's actually got Bob Ezrin on it, you know, and okay. Shelley Berg, the same cats who are on Psycho Circus on the Fender Roads and on a, on piano, doing those effects on there. So I'm sorry, Peter. I feel like I've betrayed you by having Paul Stanley replace you with Eric Singer on this album, but you know how it goes in this band. Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah. What, what I what I do see is you know Ace plays every solo because sure simple as that yeah. I, I don't have Bob doing any of his own solos uh, I'm sorry Paul no. what I obviously was saying <laughs> Bob Kielek is coming into like this no, no no Bob Bob is on the floor lying on the floor while they're recording this album watching Ace do all his leads and, and then you know oh shucks I didn't get to play man I could have played that better. You know, just like he sometimes <laughs> says in interviews. So, um, you know, the drummer, unfortunately, is fair game because Paul came in with demos and these are good enough. Mm. So that's how I see it. So, Bulletproof is my album. Okay. Any, any last words? Yeah. What would you use as a single? 
Well, like I said, I, th- I thought that at least one, you know, one, the one song, uh, Now That You're Gone, could have been a single with Peter singing it. Um, I don't know if that would have been the lead off for a second, but that would be one of them for sure. Nice. Well, I, I would, I could suspect there being two possibly from this, but I think just to keep uh, people happy, certain people happy, and to keep logic into the conversation, I think it would have to be something like Live to Win. That would have to be the first single. Sure. Uh, I think a second single I would push for would definitely be Sweet and Dirty Love, the Kiss version mm-hmm. of it. Yep, those are my singles right there, Mark. You nailed it. Paul Stanley gets the first, Gene gets the leftovers, and none, <laughs> none, none of them chart, so it's all kind of a moot point. This is a chart, yes. All right, so that's our episode for this week, unless I've missed anything. Um, you know, what would you guys out there listening to us cull from these four albums to make a Kiss album? And, you know, it's kind of disingenuous to throw Peter's one for all. He's coming in from a totally different artistic viewpoint than the... Mm. than paul and ace were with their albums which again like their 1978 analogs stay very close to that kind of form i mean paul maybe that's an episode i mean comparing these albums you know with their 1978 versions and do they deviate from what they did in 1978 you know i i don't think to a certain extent that they do uh, peters is honest to himself as honest as his 1978 album was aces is as honest as his 1978 album, it, it's what you expect from him. Paul's is what you expect from him. Gene is all over the frickin' place, just like 1978. So, <laughs> just as we were able to pick some songs from those albums in 1978 to make us um, a Kiss record, so we've done. So, we'd like you to join us on Facebook or YouTube or the FAQ message board, wherever you happen to listen to this uh, show, for which we do thank you, by the way. And let us know what songs, whether you want to go 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, just not a double album. That's, I think, a bit too painful to consider. (laughs) Would you pick for a Kiss album, say, around 2003, 2005? So they've had a little break after Psycho Circus. So we'd love to hear your thoughts, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.